ask yourself if you're feeling the muscle that's intended. I feel like that's a big thing people miss when they're starting to get into progressive overload. They're just moving weight, you know, or even on a negatives, you know, I was just explaining to Nikki yesterday, we're doing like real slow negatives on a uh, leg press. And I said, now make sure when you're going slow, you're not just going slow. Do you feel your quad being what's resisting the negative? That matters. I love feeding trolls sometimes, Ron. You know I enjoy it. Like sometimes I'm like, I just yeah. lean back and I'm like, this is going to hurt you more than me. <laughs> I had a guy like go back and forth with me for a while and I was just like annihilating him. And I felt, I started to feel bad. And, and then someone else commented literally, like, you know, you're going back and forth and people are just watching. And then finally a guy commented, he's like, bro, you have got into a battle of wits and you are completely unarmed. <laughs> that was literally his response to this guy. <laughs> That's funny. I was like, this is getting ugly and people are starting to feel bad. I guess I'll stop. Donna, your anger. It's why are you so angry? Dogs read Look the personality of their owners, you know, and they she's she getting really like that he's picking on Cuba. You like it like her little neck thing? <laughs> it's cute. Oh, Donna. I uh I just can't I she can't I don't book. anymore at all. You, you're probably better mm-hmm. off, you know. You probably I'm are. really good at resisting. I resist um sometimes I want to add a comment to something, you know, like I'll watch something and I'm like, yeah, fuck, I really want to and I'll want to add a comment, but I'm like, ah, don't. Yeah, I don't, don't even add involved. a comment anymore. Yeah. Yeah, unless it's like 100% like I added a comment the other day on this one guy's guitar channel just because I thought he did like a great job at demoing a product. Yeah. Cuz like, you know, you see people do product demos and you're like, damn, he didn't he didn't do the one thing I wanted to do. <laughs> the one thing I would I use that whole thing get for one piece. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and this guy just like, he did a great job. And I thought, oh, damn, I'm going to watch all of this guy's videos. Like, this is the guy that I'm going to go to for product reviews now. Because I like how, you know, he has one camera on the pedal at all times. So you yes. can see where the knobs are. Yes. And then he'll like move the knobs and you'll see his hand come into the frame, move the knob and you'll hear the sound change while he moves the knob. Whereas other guys will stop playing, move the knob and then go back to playing. And you're like, no, no, I I didn't hear it change. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to hear Dusty. You get get what I mean, Dusty? Like instead of hearing it. Totally. Yeah. And this guy does that. Like he'll let a chord ring. And with his other hand, while the chord is playing, like, wow, he'll turn the knob. And you're like, ah, okay. And then he'll do it again and then turn the knob. And he's repetitive because he plays the same thing over and over as he's demoing the, the product. Yeah. So you can Whereas really other guys will like, yeah, other guys will like, they'll play a certain style of music to, to, to show, you know, like one of the tones. Then they'll change the tone and they'll play a different style of music. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want to hear the same fucking thing. Right. Like, Play the same you know, song so, for every single one. Yeah, and, and you develop you develop your preferred people. You know what I mean? And yep. I'm like, ah, oh, this is my guy. So I left him a comment. I'm like, you're my guy for products now. Did he get back like, to I'm you? Coming straight to your channel. Did he comment yeah. back? Good. Yeah, good, good he man. He commented back. You know what I mean? And I was like, ah, oh. and he responds. Okay, so that's kind of cool. you know what's weird is I haven't been a. Well, I should twice now. This is actually exciting. I just realized this. In the last year, I've become a novice at two things. <clears throat> and I love it. Because I've I've ridden motorcycles, for example, my whole life. Like, I mean, I got my first dirt bike when I was four. Yeah. And I got my yeah. first Harley when I was 15. Like, I've always ridden them. But I never, like, delved into them. 
And now that I want to like, I have mine and I want to build it up and make changes. I also want to build one. So I'm like getting into them and I don't know shit. I don't know anything about them. I don't even know where to look to find out about them. So I have a friend, I had to reach out to him and I said, I said, Hey, you mind if I ask you a few questions? And he's like, Oh, absolutely. And he works for Harley. He knows, Oh, should I go? I'm going to make this simple. Where should I go watch everything I need to learn? Because if not, I'm going to need to speak to you for the next month and a half over text. (laughs) (laughs) Starting right now and nonstop. So he sent me a few just that YouTube videos so I could really get into because there's a lot of things that you don't realize, especially for dumbasses like me, where you put yourself in a position in life where you don't know enough and you can waste a lot of money. Yeah. Yes. Like you're like, oh, this is the, you know, oh, there's this engine. It's a 131. It's the biggest one. That's what I want to get. I actually said that to him. I said, I think I want to go to the, you know, get mine changed up to 131. He goes, that's expensive. And you can make a 117 stronger than a 131 for less money. I'm like, that's why I fucking messaged you. That's my because uh, a guy like me so walks I, straight to the shop and goes, "Yeah, I want to do that." And I'm like, "Okay, dumbass, give me ten grand." I have a gun guy. <laughs> I have a gun guy that I do the same thing. Okay. And I was going to get my first pistol. Well, not first, but for my carry pistol, I was going to get a revolver. And I talked to him about it, and he said, "Yeah, you don't want that." But I thought all the all the good reasons why I wanted that revolver, and and then since then he's he's become my guy for questions. But I I try not to bother him too much. Shout out to Peter. That, that's yeah. it's great though, isn't it? Kind I like of fun that. though, I like, like when you to, got to someone to gives you advice. Yeah, I yeah. really enjoy not knowing stuff though. Like I sit around and I did cardio this morning, and all I did was watch YouTube videos about motorcycles the whole time. I was right. like, "This is I could have I could have done an hour, no problem today." Because yeah. everything I'm hearing, I've never heard before in my entire yes, life. Yes, it's brand new. Isn't that a great feeling? Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. you know, I, them, I, it's like, I, I love you don't going, talk about because yeah. it's all you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's why yeah, our show I think is that's not why, about bodybuilding at all. <laughs> I, I think that's why. I think that's why I enjoy my my two hobbies so much because I can constantly still learn. Like I still like I'm still picking up like lingo and yes. like mm-hmm. you know those little like the the things you hear guys talk about and and you start to like read through the code. Like I can I can look at a at a flatland like BMX flatland post now with like two guys from the nineties yeah, and they'll be telling a story like, Oh, remember that time, blah, blah, blah. And they'll list guys by their first names. Like, remember it was da- Danny and Dave and John. And I'm like, Oh, they're talking about this guy, this guy, and this guy. Yep. And they must've right. been, and you, you start to like understand all the stuff that's going on and it, it makes it fun. And there's like so much more to learn and the history and, all that stuff and products like dusty, like dusty will relate to this. I'm like, I'm like a super, um, like I'm a tech guy. Like I love the gadgets. Mm -hmm. Really? No. Like I love, I love the bike parts. Like when I see another flatland rider, when I see another flatland rider, I'm like, Oh, what frame are you riding? What are your hubs? What are your rims? And I got to like break his bike down. Like, Oh, he selected these parts. I know what website he shopped off of. Yeah. He's off that one website that carries those three brands. He built his bike off that website and I want to put it together. Yeah. I want to figure it out, right. you know? And then when I see like, you know, like when I walk into the guitar store, I go and look over at the, I go and look at all the pedals. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to try a pedal I've never listened to before. And, you know, I plug it in, want to hear what it sounds like. And like, they all sound almost the same, right? Like distortion pedals are all distortion right, pedals. Right. Like, it did, you know, you get the wine drinkers out there. They're like, oh, I can hear the, 
the you know there's like a little bit more fuzz in the treble and there's a little bit less bottom end and there's look a at little, bodybuilding you know, and they take people outside of the sport yeah, yeah. And like they're all big you yeah. know they're all giant right they right, all look right. The same and then there's <laughs> that whole spectrum from there from the oh they all look less all look the same to the the, the intricate physique breakdowns yes. and there's that whole spectrum in the middle yeah. and i'm like just mm-hmm. in that early stage now where i'm like i can hear the differences of some things but other things i'm like oh, they all sound the same it's a good place you know, to be. Keeps yeah. you young, you know, keeps you learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. So I feel like know. that's the, the, you know, that's the thing that you had said, Ron. I think it might have even been last year, <clears throat> but um, to challenge yourself to try new things. Yes. And, right. and it's, it's really fun to be at that point. And the only thing that I get a kick out of is the amount of people who want to present themselves as experts when they're mm. novice. It's very funny right. to me, you know, like I'm mm-hmm. so open. Like, I'm like, I don't know shit about anything. You know, I think what's, what's the thing I don't know fuck about shit. Like, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I literally fun. will come in. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know anything here. And then I find that people quickly then give you information. Yeah. If you just drop it and you're like, dude, I have no idea. Cause there is what I'm thinking. And they're like, Oh, I remember when I was where you are. Let me help you out. You know? Yeah. So they're excited. It's, and it's they definitely like fun. I see what you meant though, Ron. Like I, I found a guy today actually. So I'm getting into like the history of motorcycle clubs, like oh, the okay. gangs of, of motorcycles. Yeah. I yeah, found yeah. a dude who collects all their stuff. I mean, we're talking, he has old pictures of like seventies hell's angels guys that died. And I can't even imagine what his collection costs. But He's I mean, I'll, I'll send you the link. All that stuff. Oh, it's nuts! And in their own like handwritten journals wow. about when the club started to lose. I mean, it's so funny. It's like SOA for real. Like when they're like, "Oh, this is when we started to lose our shit a little and started killing people." And you know, it's right. it's just That's wild to me because you're, you're looking back and you're like, "This is really how it was." Like it started out as something, and it's like people who collect. I know that uh, like serial killers are really popular. Yes. collectors yes like things they do yeah. so this is the same only at least i feel a little better They're not like killing random people they're just killing each other but it's uh right. it's usually <laughs> wacky to see yeah right, as far right. as i know i mean one of them might be who knows <laughs> but you do it just becomes like a rabbit hole thing like last night i spent like an hour and a half just looking at this guy's stuff and watching his videos i'm like i mean how does someone know to reach out like this guy's wife was reached out and she's like, I found a, a, a trunk of all my husband's stuff. He was the president of this charter. Right, you right, know, right, right. I want to sell it to you. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's balling out of his mind, obviously. I have no idea what all that shit costs, but it's pretty cool. Yeah. I've read a few of the books. There's like books about the 70s, like the California stuff and, and the New York stuff. And I've read a few books. And um, I read Chuck Zito's book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys know who Chuck Zito was? Yeah, I read Chuck Zito's book, Street Justice. Yeah, I read his Mm -hmm. book. He's a real interesting dude. So, yeah, yeah, that was a a cool book. I met him, too. He was at the Olympia one year. Oh, yeah? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Were were you with me, Dusty? Because it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I was, like, leaving Mm -hmm. the Olympia, and Chuck Zito's standing there in, like, a leather trench coat. (laughs) Really? (laughs) You're like, wait a minute. Yeah. And I, and I look at him and, you know, like, you know, when you're like, um, you know, you look at someone and you give each other the hay nod you've never met before. Yeah. But they still just for some reason, there's like a, a moment where they say, hey, bro. And you say, hey, bro. Yeah. 
So I, I kind of like looked at him and we both said hi to each other. And I'm like, oh, well, I just sort of we just said hi to each other. I might as well stop and talk to him for a minute. So I just like mm-hmm. shook his hand. I go, hey, Chuck, you know, if I can, you know, watch uh, watch you on TV and everything like that, you know, because he was he was in a couple TV shows. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was he was a cool guy. You know, he was a karate champion, I think that's- too. There's a lot of those guys. I found one last night, and I wish I knew his name because I literally was just skimming. But this guy was was a big in the uh, in one of the big. I think it was Hell's Angels. He ended up in witness protection, lived his whole life. Then he died, and when they went into his stuff, that's when they found out who he was, and they found his all of his stuff. And this guy actually ended up buying it all. But it's like, yeah, he lived like 20 years under a different alias. And no one had any idea. But then when he died and they, you know, they clean out his shit because I guess they didn't have any family or anything at that point. They found it all. And they're like, holy shit. This guy that works at the supermarket was. Right, right. Damn. You know, so cool. Um, Speaking of like real life stuff, Scott, you reminded me to watch Woodstock, that train wreck. Oh, yeah, yeah. You watched that. Train wreck Woodstock. So we watched the first two last night. Okay. Yeah. It's like. I forgot <laughs> about I forgot about Limp Biscuit on Saturday night and how Fred Durst like made it so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not like I remember watching it and I was like, oh, in hindsight, like it's it's not Fred's fault. No. Fred was doing his job. Yeah, yeah. That's like, what he did. Fred's job, Fred's job is to be the front man of Limp Biscuit and blow the fucking doors off the joint. Like that's his job. And that's he did his all job. He knows how to do. Probably the best he's, he's ever I, done it that night. The best he's <laughs> ever done. He just, yeah. Like he was handed a crowd. He was handed an angry, frustrated, heat stroked, dehydrated, pissed off crowd that was in the very end of day two who have all realized that the wheels have fallen off this festival. They've realized the garbage is not being picked up. They've realized the toilets are not going to be cleaned. They've realized they are completely on their own. They're screwed for water and food. Screwed for water, screwed for food, and the festival's almost two-thirds over. Yeah. And it's now time for Limp Biscuit. And Limp Biscuit comes out and sings, and give me something to break. And fucking Fred Durst just keeps pumping them up. That you know the guitars come down for the little break, and 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 Fred Durst is like, "Let's get all that anger. Yeah. Let's let's build all that anger. Let's get it all out. When I yeah. drop this, when we drop yeah. this fucking beat, you fucking let it out. Like yeah, he, he just like, gets the crowd boiling. Everything that you've been angry about, that girl Everything that broke that you've your been heart. Angry about. Yeah, all yeah, of that. That you know, boss you hate down deep. That can bring it out. <laughs> And then the and then the beat, you know, give me something to break. And then it just fucking drops. And then they rip the fucking sound booth apart, the sound tower, out in the middle of the the thing. The, the the people working in the sound tower send an SOS. They're like, we need someone to come and get us out of here. Like, yeah. We can't get out of here. They're ripping the tower apart. Like they're worried. So you know, a bunch of security guys go out there and they like bring them over the wall of the tower and get them out of there. And they like abandon the sound tower and they rip it apart, pull the plywood off the walls, you know, 
It was so, wild. Yeah, man. it was just, and it was, and all the fires, like cars on fire, and they flipped cars over and shit. Like, yeah, it was nuts what they did. Yeah, and then the funny part was, um, the the organizers finally said, like, I guess Limp Biscuit had only been on for forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. and the promoters like, we gotta, they're done, like we gotta pull Limp Biscuit. So when the song ended, whatever song they were on, they like told Fred, they're like, that's it, sets over, and he was like, yeah. okay. And they they went, walked off stage, and then Bush had to go out. And Bush is like <laughs> a great rock band, but they're like you know he's he's a heartthrob. They're not yeah. like yeah. they're not Limp Biscuit, right? It's like good looking Gavin yeah. singing about you know you know. <clears throat> so Gavin has this. It's really cool. Like they interview Gavin. He's like you know there's two ways to do this. Like like we can either go out there and just get booed off stage because yeah. we don't know how to handle that. Like, you know, they're like, what is Gavin going to do with this crowd? Cause it's really hard to do. Like, what do you do with them? Mm-hmm. And Gavin, Gavin went out and he like restored peace and love somewhat. <laughs> yeah. So you know, he like, <laughs> I was very somewhat. impressed. I was very impressed with very impressed in hindsight. Yeah, yeah. He got the crowd to like calm down and just listen to the music. And he kept telling them like, you know, in between songs, like, you know, you know, the, the peace, love, and unity of Woodstock is all here tonight. And he just kept like calming them down. And then they play another song. And yeah, it was, it was really interesting how they presented it in the documentary. So, yeah. you know, and then, uh, you know, at, in the rave tent that night, fat boy slim had to abandon his tower and, and leave <clears throat> because that didn't go too well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so uh, we'll see how day three goes. I don't think it improves any. So <laughs> spoiler we'll alert! You know, it, it spoiler doesn't. alert! Yeah, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to ruin it, but I just really I already enjoyed did that. last week. I yeah, I really enjoyed the uh, like the remembering everything because I remember yeah. watching like the much you know the updates on TV like the Much Music Channel up here in Canada had like someone on site you know reporting back and all yeah. that. So so yeah. Victoria pointed those people out like i didn't know who they were the canadians yeah and there Rick was one the temp yeah yeah and there was one that was a sock there's a sock that yeah at the sock yeah at the sock she's like it's at the sock and i was like who the fuck is at yep. the sock and so she told me he's all about an him apple at oh. the socks of pole right like yeah, he'll yeah. interview people you know his hand he's like so your new album fucking sucks like <laughs> you know he'll and people people would put up with him because it was funny <clears> you know like yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 I'm learning okay. all sorts of all Canadian, Canadian stuff, though. Like, like all the stuff Canadian I didn't know. Trivia. I got a, a couple questions for you guys because I these are words that I wasn't familiar with. The Victoria was um, beaking. Are you familiar with the term beaking? Either of you? Like running, running your mouth, running your mouth, or chirping. Chirping, yeah, yeah. chirping. chirping. Okay, because those are buddy. those That's are a both thing. Yeah, yeah, both hockey yeah. things, I guess. And yeah. schmelts. Are you familiar with the term schmelts? Um, I've heard it. I wouldn't use it though. What does it mean? It's like the newbies on the hockey team that get like reamed out all the time and stuff. Ah, schmelts. Okay, schmelts. Okay, never even heard that in all my years. Yeah, I I, I thought you might have, but I wasn't sure. I guess it's a Canadian. So it's like a, it's like a jobber in wrestling. Yeah, a jobber. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. They had a bunch of stuff on there. What, I'm trying to there was an Instagram shit. account I used to follow. It was all yeah. hockey fights. Oh, it was yeah. called Keep. I still follow that. Keep. Was it called <clears throat> Keep Chirping? Keep chirping. I can't remember. <laughs> Keep chirping, buddy, or something like that. And it's all hockey fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and then I, I, I follow, follow another one. Spitting chicklets. <laughs> oh yeah, I follow them. Spitting chicklets is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so hockey, so Canadian hockey. Okay. Yeah. What's next? We got more YouTube questions. We've got a ton of YouTube questions. In fact, roll with them. All right, so let's roll with another one. Man, this is were... technically our. This is technically our Q and A episode, right? This is yes. This is supposed to be Q and A, anyways. Yes. Well, they okay. both kind yeah. of I like how we. Yes. I like how we answered one. We took one. Yeah. We don't even know what we're doing anymore. Hey, just a comment. It's a new here year from it's Comfy Sweats, who's Canadian. She's one of our, our uh, you know, longtime listeners. She says it'd be crazy awesome to get Cuba and Jamie in the same podcast in 2023. We could make that happen. We can oh, do five people. We could at make once. that happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's easy. There was another one here. Where was this? This was such. I think a good idea. Uh, it was directed at Ron. How about this one? What do you think of this, Dusty? Show idea. 20 things that make Ron say, F that guy. Yes. <laughs> and I can think of so many. Because I've actually made Ron say that to me at least 20 times. Yeah? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I had was, a Ron moment today. Yeah. I had a Ron moment today. But it was different. I was saying, F that guy. <laughs> and the reason was I pre-ordered my sandwich, my glorious sandwich, and they left off things on my sandwich. And I thought to myself, mm. that guy, A, and B, for once I agree with Ron, because this sandwich sucks. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a tough you situation. Go. You know, I had a that guy the other day. I'm yeah. not kidding. Nice. You know, you know who, who gets it from me? When I've got, when I'm driving and I want to get into the turning lane, which is wide mm -hmm. open, right? but I can't get into the turning lane because the guy in front of me is just mm. sitting at the red and he's got like five feet of space before the next car. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that he's guy. oblivious. Fuck that guy. Like, yeah. be aware. Like, how are you not aware that you're right beside a turning lane? Like when I pull up in that spot, like there's four cars at the light and you're the fifth car and you're kind of going to be the, the guy that blocks the turning lane. Yeah. Give him yeah. space. Like I'll actually, I'll actually pull over to the dotted line. Like I'll take the top corner of that spot yeah. to try to get my ass out a bit. Like I'm aware <clears throat> of other fucking people on the road. Like that's, that's a thing. And then that this person, like I'm sitting right on there. I'm inches from their bumper and I can't get by them because I need like another foot, right? Yeah. And yep. I'm just staring at the side of their head. They do not look in their mirror once. Like they're just sitting there like, like who sits there like this? Like you don't give them like a little tap? Like deep, deep, meet me. Oh yeah, a little, well, that's when they get the honk. They get the honk and yeah. then there's no, like not even a flinch. Wow. Like not even a flinch. Like there's no awareness that that honks for them. And then the light turns green and they move a bit. And I'm just like, that guy. Huh. Yeah. He's in his own little agree, world, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. F that guy. Yeah. Okay. We mm. got one. We got one, Dusty. It didn't I take long. I about this. There we go. It didn't. It never does. <laughs> All right. Ron is the happiest angry Canadian. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what f that guy affords me to do is let it go. I just give him a true that guy. Yeah, and just let it fun. go. Let it go. So you know, he'll he'll get his. Some talk about Nick Walker. We'll get him. That's what we had next here. Oh. Question for the next uh, show, please. 
Um, if you were coaching Nick Walker, how would you fix his lat spread poses? Um, he may have been second place if he could have won two poses uh, for points. So I I didn't think, I mean, was there a lot of talk about his lat spreads? No, I didn't no? think there was any talk about them. I, I have a great response, but I want to see the pictures first. Yeah, so here's a real lat spread. Yeah, did spread. he do something I'm not aware of? Yeah, give me a minute and I'll I'll be able to pull a front lat spread up too. But there's, do you guys see anything wrong with that? The rear rear lat? It well, I'm, I mean, I'd have to see him in person. It could it, be. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, is that how his back looks fully open or is there more room? I mean, I don't see a front he, lat here. I mean, the tra the traps, the traps appear to be pulled pretty tight. So that's mm -hmm. a good sign. The scapula are as far apart as they'll go. You know, I don't know. I would, you know, I'm not going to criticize. I mean, it's fucking crazy muscular, you know, strided glutes, shredded hamstrings, fucking, you know, what, 285 pounds. I mean, yeah. Could he be a little, could he press it? I guess he could press it open more. Like if he pushed his spine out more, I guess. Well, you know, I'm, I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's going to like, like looking at a picture without physically being there. I don't know if he yeah. can look wider. Like, you know how you might move a guy and then you're like, oh, you don't actually look wider. Move right. back. And then right. you move him back. Right. And then you move him another way and you're like, oh, you look wider there. Like you're trying to make it dramatic. Right. So, I mean, first of all, I don't see Matt Jansen standing in front of him in a hotel room and watching him do lat spreads and not saying something if there's a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's that. So I have a I have a few simple thoughts. Okay. Um, my first is no one is beating Derek Lunsford in a lat spread. Mm. So that's yeah, yes, yeah. You're not going to beat him in that pose anyway. So so. Yeah. That's, that's another thing. thing. The question isn't going to happen next year or this year. Yeah. Know? So that's the one thing. And then the, the big thing I was going to say without even seeing the picture is this. Um, I used to think about this with uh, Ben Pakulski, right? People are like, he's got no back. He needs to do more rows. He needs to do this. I'm like, do you think that he hasn't done everything he could possibly do to make yeah. his back better? You yeah. know, now, you know, so when I see this, regardless of any other thought that I can come up with, it's this is the best his lat spread can be in this moment because there's no way, like Ron said, that between him and his entire team that they just left a pose and that, that they could have just quickly fixed. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, I also think that guys lose track of the fact of how what this level is. Like, I kind of find it funny to be picking apart the guy who took third at the Olympia and be like, well, the last spread's a little weak, you know, for sure. It can come up for sure. You know, it, it's anything that can be done is being done. Um, and I, and I don't think that, I don't think that there's anything that I would suggest, even if I had greater knowledge, it's just, there's, there's no way. And one thing that Ron said that I agree with hundred percent is sometimes people want to change things out of habit without mm -hmm. watching. Like, I remember I hired Kenny Wallach to do my posing and I hit my lat spread and that my rear lat spread is just a lights out shot. It always was it, pretty much. It wasn't anybody I was worried about in that pose. And I remember Kenny started messing with it. He's like, Oh, pull your elbows forward more, pull, pull yeah. them forward more. He, I, I always get better results with this. And I literally just said, Kenny, I'm like, no one's ever beaten me in a back lat spread. 
in my entire life. Yeah. Why are we fucking with right. it? Right. Yeah. Like, I think you have to have some of that in your mind as well. Whereas if it was for me, any other shot, I was like, fix it all. They're terrible. Any advice you have that you think could get a little bit better, I'll fucking take because I need every centimeter, you know? So that is the best way for Nick to hit that shot in my mind because it's the only way someone that's obsessive as him would hit it. It's the best possible way. Yeah. I had to pull up Derek too, just because I wanted to see it now. That is a pretty lights out shot. That is a crazy shot. By the way, that's that's also that pose because I've seen him on stage. That's not all the way open yet. Yeah. It gets bigger than that. I think he was wider (laughs) than that. Like, he, he's not all the way open there. He's just that good. <laughs> let's see if they got a picture of it. It might be. That's like three page. quarters, dude. For real, it's bonkers when he hits that shot. Some of this front and rear double, though. Uh, let me grab the last one. Let's see if this is any different. Let's see if this is any wider here. I'll put them up side by side, actually. So this is right before he stopped this pose and went to the next one. It's more or less the same. Yeah, he's. Mm. It's actually is better, but he's nuts. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's close, but very good. (laughs) There's my point on the shot is it's just nuts. Yeah, he looked really good. Anyway, yes. Okay. Quite like a tiger. Yeah. What's next? (laughs) All right. Jerry says, um, now that we see two guys from the 212 division come in Ah. first and second in the open division, what are your thoughts on how well Flex Lewis would have done if he had competed? That's a great question. Great question. I saw it because I looked through the YouTube comments and I saw that comment and I, I was like, that's a fucking good one. Um, I actually thought about that when we were watching the show and it was like Derek and Hottie, like, and I was thinking they should be top two. I was like, man, if Flex was here, that would be fucking crazy. It would. <laughs> because I would fully expect and uh, it's not even remotely... Um, far-fetched to believe that what Derek did going from being a 212 guy to being like 235 um, I fully expect Flex Lewis to do he would have done exactly that at least like he would have been in the 230s as well yep. so yep. Um, you could you would have expected to see the same pers- like think of the step up Derek made scale wise on size and everything that would have that would have been the case with Flex as well and um, he was beating Derek in the 212. So, does, you know, does that put Flex battling with Hottie for the win at that point? Like, I, I would not find right. that far-fetched at all. Go yeah. look at the pictures of Flex Lewis at his last Olympia. Just take the back double, put it between Derek and Hottie. Hmm. Yeah. It's without the <laughs> belongs, completely <clears throat> belongs. Like, and, and, and that's at a low weight. Like, he, at 212, he belongs between those guys in a call-out. So who knows? Would it would have been, been really, really crazy. Can you imagine if the top three were all guys from the 212? It'd be wild. So here's another question you know? that, I, that makes me think of is, do they regret not letting Clarita do the open now? Hmm. Because I still don't understand what the reasoning was behind that, and I guess I never will because it's just fucking dumb. Um, but like... What are you suggesting he couldn't have hung? Because one and two went to two twelve guys that were open. I understand the difference, but we've also been over a million times. Then why didn't Clarita look small next to Regan when he beat him? 
Right. Yeah. The dimensions change that. Like you just said, Ron, you put Flex up there on, when he was 212, and he can stand with those guys when they were 235. So, you know, that that's the same case. So, I, I don't know. I really hope that they change that because the fans want to see who is the best. You know, it kind of brings back the idea, which I – if you'd have told me this a year ago, I would have laughed at you. But it does bring back the question, go back to the old days and say, okay – now the best 212 go stand with the best open. Who wins the whole thing? Yeah. Right. That'd be crazy. You know, I'd mean, like to see the 212 versus you know, open at the yeah. end. You know, or or at least or at least the winner, or maybe that's the new thing. The winner of the 212, since it's the night before, can do the open tomorrow if he wants to. You Man, know, I mean, I'd why love not? To see that. <laughs> Me too. I'd love to see so, it. I don't know. Like, I think you got to make it. I feel like this is the only thing that bodybuilding doesn't do well in comparison to other that's sports. That's the special invite. That's the special <laughs> yeah, that, that's, invite. Yeah. When you got to do it in a way that makes get a sport invite. exciting. Mm. Right? I mean, that makes it exciting. And that's, think about hockey and all. I mean, Ron, I don't know how much you keep up, but like, they've altered the game because the world changed. The athletes got bigger, the rink's the same size, the goalie's equipment got bigger. Like, okay, what do we got to do to make the game? better and i'm going to use that with quotes so i don't think it's necessarily better now but they've altered it if you could make the olympia exciting where it's like holy fuck, now so-and-so is in the olympia tomorrow i mean it's like when you turn pro and you get to do the show the next day like sure you're at a disadvantage i mean a you're the new kid on the block b you just competed yesterday but no one says no to it everyone's like fuck yeah i'll see you tomorrow like let's do it yeah <clears throat> so i'd yeah. love to see it i'd love to see it and i think that flex absolutely would have been in the top group right there um and i have a i'm i'm a i'm a big believer in betting on the jockey um i have a hard time just saying flex lewis wouldn't win anything he does i mean if yeah, he was getting into real estate i'd be like well i think i want him to be my agent because he's gonna be awesome yeah like <laughs> winners win yep all right there's Go. that got one from joe here he says um question for the next show i've always felt my joints fail before my muscles do when pushing to failure i've gotten a few uh nagging old sports injuries and little girl joints i spent a long time pushing through joint pain uh swapping exercises and messing around with volume and frequency am i missing something i'm only 30 years old but i'm definitely not getting it's not definitely getting easier the older i get and he says thank you OG fan of the network and the show. Thank you, Joe. Huh. Well, a couple things come to mind. First of all, he's only 30. So that's a little young for like, you know, nagging joint pain to be hindering you in a whole bunch of ways. So he really, you know, should attack this problem. Mm -hmm. um, like, I don't know what he's doing. Like, does he need to stretch a lot more and increase his flexibility and, you know, take pressure off his tendons and ligaments and, you know, open up his ranges of motion and all that sort of stuff? Is it like a, is it as easy? Is it something like that that he has to do? Or like, what sport did he play? Like, does he have no cartilage left in anything? Like, what was he doing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to say, but the, I, like having joint pain is definitely going to hold you back because, I mean, that's when your body stops firing muscles, right? If there's joint pain, then less power gets sent to the muscles around the joint and you just you lose strength. And so you can't really train. Even trying to train through joint pain, that's why it's not smart because 
you know, it's you're 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 fighting your nervous system. It's just I don't know what to say to the guy. It's hard without seeing it's hard without seeing him train and because it's a blanket. Like, I mean, the way it's written, every single joint in his body is an issue. Um, Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not saying it's not possible. So the, the first question is, is for me would be, do you have that joint pain when the weight's lighter? Like, are you reaching a point where you need to say to yourself, okay, I can't go above X weight, but I can still take that weight to a higher intensity. Um, You know, or is it something as simple, like something that drives me crazy is I'll, I'll I'll literally heard this in the gym yesterday, kids doing uh, press towns with a straight bar and he goes, this hurts my wrist. And I'm like, why are you doing that? And he he's like, well, because it hits the tricep different. I'm like, no, it does not. That's absolutely wrong. Yeah, like change the no, handle. You, you, like different yeah. handle. Use a use a rope. Use whatever puts your wrist in a comfortable spot, and the elbow will bend and straighten. That is a tricep movement. It is fine. So yeah, that would be my argument here too. Like maybe he needs to get completely away from barbells. Maybe the freedom of dumbbells will help because it's going to allow your body to move in a more natural place for you. You know. Uh, right. Maybe machines are a good way to go. Hmm. Maybe, you know, I loved when I was having shoulder problems, I really started getting into all the um, machines that had cable options, like a cable shoulder press, a cable bench press, because um, I still got constant resistance, but my one arm my, could move a little differently than the other. Yeah. So I could stay comfortable right. and just focus on the muscle. Yeah. And that's the last thing is ask yourself if you're, feeling the muscle that's intended. I feel like that's a big thing people miss when they're starting to get into progressive overload. They're just moving weight, you know, or even on a negatives, you know, I was just explaining to Nikki yesterday, we're doing like real slow negatives on a, uh, on a um, leg press. And I said, now make sure when you're going slow, you're not just going slow. Do you feel your quad being what's resisting the negative? That matters. You know, so a lot, a lot of questions to ask yourself when you're doing these movements and feeling that pain because something has to be off more than just my joints hurt. Yeah, you, right. Don't no matter what you did as your career before, unless you were, you know, I don't know, doing junkyard crashing cars. I don't imagine every joint in your body is. So, or unless yeah, you play football. Sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, valid, valid. I know that like my okay. shoulder will be out, well, it'll be off and I'll get shoulder pain if my pec minor is too tight. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like, yeah. I wonder if he's got any of that going on. He could maybe, what if he uh-huh. went to, what if he went to like a really good uh, practitioner, like a, like a, yeah. a active release technician, um, fascio stretch therapist, FTS. That's what I've gone to. And then I've learned, yep. that's where, like, I learned that from. And it's like, oh, so I've been dealing with all this freaking shoulder pain in that bicep tendon. Because of your But pack. it's because my pecs <laughs> are pulling me forward. And it's been doing mm-hmm. that for years. You get that loosened up. And then you figure out how to keep it yeah. loosened up yourself. And guess what? I, I don't get it. But if it starts coming back, then I know what I need to do to correct it. Because yeah. you guys are right. Like, at 30, he's way too young to be getting, like, immobilized yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of related, I would call this one from uh, Reed Parker. Related, unrelated. I like this question. Look at us talking about training. Multiple questions in a row. Weird. We got a bunch more that aren't related. So here we go. (laughs) Donna got upset by that one. Uh, I train to mechanical failure 
every set. Form breaks down, reps slow down immensely, and don't happen at the uh, or don't happen at the end of the set. So it is true failure. But I feel like I don't train hard enough. I don't have a training partner, so I'm not doing forced reps. But I do utilize drop sets, rest pause sets in every workout. Is the feeling of not doing enough something you've ever experienced, even though you're achieving muscular failure? Yeah, that's, I mean, I think part of the battle in the gym, I always wrestled with, you know, like, what was the perfect amount of volume? You know, should I do another set? You know, like, maybe I shouldn't. And, and, you know, there'd be periods of time where I'd be making good progress, like seeing the logbook go up, all that sort of stuff. So it's a little easier to end your workout. Yeah. Because if you did, let's say you did six working sets last week, and then this week you did six working sets and you got PRs on, you like went up a rep on two of two of your sets or whatever. And you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to change anything. I'll do the same amount of volume. And then the next week you come in, you, you go up another rep on a couple of things. You're like, oh, there's no, but you know, sometimes then you have a workout where none of your reps go up, you know, that happens. And you think, huh, should I do some extra sets? Like there's always that little voice in the back of your head that's like, you know, do I do another set? You know, like uh, it was always kind of a, a tightrope I walked. Yeah. You know, did I train hard enough? You know, could I have trained harder? You know, I guess, I don't know. Let's see. I guess there's a little bit of that overachiever on your efforts. But it's also, it's not a Navy SEAL workout. Like, hmm. like you know, people say, oh, well, you know, bodybuilders like i've heard people say bodybuilders don't train that hard and i'm like well what they're doing is really hard but they're doing a certain task like they're taking sets to mechanical failure to cause a muscle to grow but yeah they're sitting on a bench for three minutes between sets of leg press which to yeah. someone who's maybe like a navy seal where they're like oh swim five miles run 10 miles like that sort of they're like oh well that's harder i'm like yeah, yeah it's harder but it's 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 not the same thing like if the goal of a workout was just to kill you, then you would superset everything and do 20 reps on everything and just drive yourself into the ground if that was the goal. But that's not what makes a good bodybuilder. So, so just because you're not dead doesn't mean you need to do more. Like hmm. We talk about training hard. We talk about putting everything you got into it and not leaving reps on the table and all that. But, you know, we're not literally on the ground unable to move every workout. That's not, that's not what training hard is. Mm -hmm. You know, training hard, you also, you leave the gym with your bag in your hand and you walk to your car and you drive home like you're okay, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, it's because you're not dead every time. It doesn't mean you didn't do enough. I don't know. I understand the mentality I, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I think what you nailed was with the logbook, Ron, like it does make it easier to, and again, I have to, I always have to say this, don't just beat the number, beat the number the same way. So the reps yeah, need to be the same, the, same the tempo needs to be the same, all those things. But assuming that's right, it does make it easier to walk out. And I always, I always hated the word hard. Like, did you train hard? Cause it's a loose subject. Like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Whereas I did enjoy the fact that I could say, that is the best set of squats I've ever had in my life. Black right. and white. 
yes, that is the best I've ever done walk away or it's the best in this blast or whatever it is. And it does make it easier because to answer his question bluntly, based on what he wrote, no, you're doing everything you can go home, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then ask yourself your what's happening with your body. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everything you wrote yeah. tells me you're nailing it, you know? And, and there are those days where you, I'm sure we've all had those days where you feel extra smoked and you don't really know why it's the same workout. And then there's other days yeah. it feels like there's gas in the tank, but you did everything. It's time to go home, you know? So yeah, I do think that's the overachiever mentality, but that's why the logbook always helped me. Cause like Ron said a million times, I love a scoreboard in life because it's very blatant. Yeah. Was this better than last time? Yes. Good. Go home. Was it worse? Yeah. Yes. Go home. You still go home, but you know, yeah. you, you locked in and it allows you to make sure you set up for it. Cause I think the one intangible is how people approach their workouts. Like I used to, I'm going to even use the word stress leading into a workout. Like, holy shit. Last time I did this is the best I've ever done. And I got to beat it. I would think about it all day. Sure. And then get to the gym and yeah. read it. And then before the set, like if it's a rest pause, I'm like, okay, I got to get, I got seven last on my first attempt. I need eight this time. Then the next one, I need this. And then, you know what I mean? It was that much. So by the time you were under the bar, you were so locked in. Whereas I think when you just go to the gym to train hard, Maybe sometimes you're not quite as locked in. I mean, you're not obsessing over that set. Right. Yeah. You know, I know Ron has said yeah. he's racked the weight before and started thinking about next week, I got to beat this. Like, just yeah, put yeah. it on the bar. He's writing it down and thinking, son of a bitch, seven days from now. Yeah. I got to beat this, you know? And I think that's what gets can be missing from working out hard. Yeah. And also, too, like, you know, guys who train really sloppy with, you know, form and stuff. Um, they can train though. Some of those guys are training super hard because they're, mm -hmm. they're literally wrestling with weights that are too heavy for like all the movements they're doing. You know, you see the guys with mm -hmm. like the partial presses, they're using dumbbells that are way too heavy and it looks like it's really difficult to do, right? Like they're handling the dumbbells that are too heavy. They're kind of rickety. Mm -hmm. They're doing the half reps and then they're on the pec deck doing like half reps with too with the whole stack. And their effort is off the chain and they're, they're actually like training really hard, but it's like so much misguided effort that's inefficient, you know? So you have all this like wasted energy that isn't actually going to get them results. And they might get like, like we've seen some guys get results for like a crazy amount of time doing that sort of stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. But most people don't, most people just start to get like sore elbows and, you know, most mortal people just start to develop problems. You know what I mean? But, but they're training really hard. So yeah, Dusty's right. Hard isn't everything. There's more to it, you know, but yeah. logbook and helps. That's how you find out. All right. Um, what are some tips or supplements you've used when you're sick to get back in the gym quicker? I got a bunch for this one. Me too. <laughs> yeah. What do you got? My, my, so my first is, is simple, which is get better. Yes. I think that that's the weirdest thing to me is this rush to get back to the gym. If you get to the gym early, your body's not there to train. It's still trying to get better. Like It is an enormous mistake to make your obsession, how fast can I get back to the gym? Like I literally, even in my 
best point of bodybuilding. I almost use the word prime, but at my level, there really wasn't a prime. Oh, come um, on. Come but, on. <laughs> <I can't see. laughs> but when you, when you were at your very most focused point, like I would still say to myself, okay, even if I can't eat my food, I'm going to get food down, whatever it can be. Like literally my obsession switched from bodybuilding into getting better. That's my biggest answer. Like I literally just focused on getting better. And even if it meant I ate whatever, some magical bullshit soup three times a day, fine. Because as long as the day I was better, I woke up and felt good. I was ready to get back to work, ready to get back to eating. And that's the best way to go. I, I feel like, and I know Ron has pressed on this many times, even on his uh, Q&As on his page. Like there's this fear of like missing the gym for a couple of days. Like it's all going to melt away. Like just get better. You'll be fine. If you were gone for five fucking days. I mean, I just did it. You know, I took five days off leading into the Olympia on purpose to just take a break. Then was sick for seven more. So I ended up being gone almost two weeks. And then I stepped on the scale that morning to see how light I was. And I was 286. I was 285 when I left to the Olympia. I'm like, oh, it's fine. Right. And I went to the gym and trained. And I was just as strong as I was two weeks ago. Like, nice. So my, my answer to all the secret supplements is, relax you're sick get better yeah good <laughs> i am not a fan well i want to say they do nothing but i'm guy. not a fan of yeah i'm not a fan of the guys that like like i'm just i i, I they, they, they don't give their immune systems enough credit like you know like oh going to vegas gonna go get my vitamin drip i'm not like always oh, into that man. stuff yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I like going to fortify myself before the trip. I'm like, oh, either you got a good immune system or you don't like a little late to like, it's not like doing that once I could see long term. <laughs> right. 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 Like, like it's, it's the, it's the, the week it's, leading it, in. That's not how it works. Yeah. That's yeah. not how it works. Like I, I bet if you did one every week, like, I don't know what the studies are, but if you do one every week, do you have a better immune system? All I'm saying is I'm not sure that one time, like, Doing it the one time is enough to like fortify, you know. I just don't yeah. think it works that way. Does anybody yeah. out there have any science on if they can yes. prove that wrong or not? Yeah. Well, you do build your immune system with certain vitamins, and they've proven yes. that, you know, with uh, you know the with the that's been going around the last couple of years, that's caused all that stuff. And um, well, vitamin D was one of those, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, vitamin D is a big one. Yeah, yeah. And I and, take it every day for years. And you know what, too? I think that bodybuilders should get their vitamin D levels checked. I had low vitamin D um, after I, I competed for like, remember we were talking about what was the longest time you ran trend? That was a long season. I dieted for like, like from February yeah. through November. And so I'd been running gear on and off for a really long time. And after that, I, I had like a lot of fatigue and I couldn't figure it out. Eventually, I figured out it was my vitamin D. It was, you know, gear will reduce your vitamin D levels. And so... A lot of us, even if we're taking like 5,000 units, it might not be enough. So for me, I need 10,000 yeah. to get like a decent level. But having just caught it again, like that was one of my big fears too. I was like, I had such a bad experience two years ago. It screwed me up. I still can't breathe right. What if I were to catch it again? So lo and behold, I catch it again. And this time now we have so much science, so much understanding about it. I megadosed the D. Now I'm not going to suggest that anybody does this, um, but this this is not just me making it up 100,000 units for three days straight like that's a lot of vitamin oh. d you know yeah plus wow. 1200 uh nac nac is really nac is so good at, at helping our immune systems with this 
uh, and it's such a great antioxidant that the government wants to turn it into a drug. They want to reclassify it. And they're, they're fighting to do that right now. <laughs> it works too good. It does. And we're too healthy. Yeah. If, if anyone's confused on how mad they want us weak, listen to this conversation. Yeah, it's really the yeah. truth. Man. And it's and yeah, and they'll 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 guise it all in, oh well, it's so powerful we need to protect you from reckless use of it. Yeah, exactly. That's what they Because there's been so many NAC overdoses right. recently. I've heard right. them all over the news. Right. Another kid bites the dust. Yeah. Fuck. So now <laughs> so now is there anything is there anything like in those drips or anything? where just the one good hit is enough to actually make your immune system better. I bet you that if you were to get sick and you were to hammer them, I don't know what's in a drip. You know, it would probably have to be a specific cocktail. But if you can bolus dose, yeah, if you can bolus dose the right things, I mean, that could be beneficial, you know, but I used to do that during prep. Yeah, I would do uh, it was called a Myers cocktail. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then. And then three oh, yeah, grams yeah. of magnesium all at once. They would bolster it. Like it would hit you and you'd literally feel your body go, boom. Yeah. And like it was, it was, it's funny because as usual, I'll, I'll someone explained it to me. So I would just do it when I started to feel really smoked during prep. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, okay. when you just feel tired the whole time, not sick or anything, just like you'd wake up and you're just, you go do that. So like how many then, in a prep? Like, would you do it 10 times in a prep or five times? Oh, no. Two. Oh, one. okay, okay. Yeah, like okay. just when you were like gassed, you'd hit that thing, and man, all of a sudden for weeks you were back on fire again. Um, so I don't know if it would have the same effect um, for like sickness, but it was drastic. Where you're like, holy shit! Like, so you wake up. The I next might day, have like, access. <laughs> I might have access to get some drips done. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. for like very very low cost. Is there anything you guys would recommend? Like I know there's like glutathione and all those other drips. Is there anything you'd recommend? Like oh, what's yeah. a good one? I think it depends on what your needs are. You know what I mean? Like if you were to say right. have you know an issue that glutathione would be beneficial, but you know um, NAD plus is another real good one. But it, it like if you needed it, you know. Right. Right. Okay. This is a look at my morning supplements uh, for the last. This this was for like the three three days here. I'm bringing it in right now. This was my my oh, morning that's three days. Yeah, that was that was like for three days. This is what I took every morning, along with the you know the over the counter stuff to the left. Amino Asylum. Use our code Think. Um, I, I their uh, BPC one fifty seven for inflammation with the bug is super beneficial. So I ran that. I found that cartarine, uh, excuse me, um, L-carnitine was uh, super helpful um, in my recovery from brain fog. So I figured, well, I better keep running it while I catch this thing again. And then I felt the same way about uh, cartarine. Cartarine really had helped a lot with the brain fog and energy. And and just, I think there was like some issues with like mitochondrial function and that's what screwed up my lungs and mm-hmm. things that improved that. L-carnitine, uh, ubiquinol at a high dose, like 400 milligrams a day and carterine have all helped me to be able to breathe better um and then all the over the counter stuff too like high dose vitamin C three times a day fish oil uh, the vitamin D but anyway it it bounced me back real fast like i was concerned but i think i still have some like natural immunity and i wouldn't say that everybody everybody should go out and do that but if somebody were suffering along with the mm-hmm. other thing i did was uh uh they found a lot of science with nasal rinses because the new, yeah, you know, oh, the, the nasal rinse thing was huge. Yeah, yeah, 
And I'm I'm wondering if like for nasal infections and stuff, if people shouldn't be doing that more often just to get the bacteria and all that out, you know, there, I saw one guy, I think he was on Rogan and he was talking about how, if we would have used, um, like disinfectant nasal sprays. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, um, and also throat rinses. Yep. Yep. Like disinfectant nasal sprays and throat rinses. That's actually would have been a massive prophylactic barrier for the spread. So Massive. I I was using um, uh, a gargle with, with an antiseptic six times a day and then an antiseptic using like a, a saline solution, nasal rinse twice a day and just, you know, flush all that crap out of there. So, you know, yeah. anyway, that was that was what worked for okay. me this time around. But I agree with that you guys. It should all so. be illegal in a matter of a matter of weeks now. So yes, nasal rinses are now <laughs> illegal. You need a doctor's prescription. Protecting you from not spending the money so they can make millions. Okay, got it. Overrated, <clears throat> underrated, GNR as a band, the total history. And then he also adds in Slash as a guitarist and an influencer on guitarists all over the planet. I think he might be a fan. I also think yeah. that uh, Ron is the only one equipped to fully answer this because I just have an opinion that's not valid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I know he sort of included the total history in brackets there, uh huh, because that would like include you know spaghetti incident, the spaghetti incident <laughs> album, and the Chinese democracy album, which Axel did by himself with Ooh. none of the other members, right? You remember and like all that stuff. Was that good? So, nah, no, okay, it wasn't. I mean, it was just wasn't Guns and Roses. You know what I mean? It's just Axel. There's no one else there. Yeah, you know. So and you know they wrote music as a band. It wasn't like Axel was fucking the genius behind it all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So so um so yeah. But I mean I just ignore that stuff. The only stuff I listen to is like the first, you know, Appetite, the Use Your Illusions, and then the Lies album they put out. That's 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 the collection. You know, that's the definitive Guns N' Roses collection. And I would say they're. They're, nowadays they're underrated. I mean, there's a lot of people that have never really heard anything other than Sweet Child of Mine and Welcome to the Jungle and November Rain. But there's like an enormous collection of really fucking great stuff. One of my favorite things about Guns N' Roses is their early days. There's some live recordings now from the early days, like before Appetite came out, like 80, 86, 87. Because, you know, they do the 25th anniversary release, deluxe edition, and they, they pin a bunch of like rare live stuff onto the end so you can go on like apple music now on spotify and you can listen to that sort of shit and and i just loved them back then because they were like a really um uh important really important band because hair metal was really dominating like poison and you know the def leopard and like sort of let's call it nice hair metal do you know what I mean? Like, you know what I know. You know what I mean. There was nice, I mean, nice yeah, metal. for sure. Like, like you know, really, really done up nicely. Sounds super clean on the records. Real, you know, production value through the roof. You know, everyone looked good. And then Guns and Roses just like they came out of like Hollywood strip, like thrash, hard rock, sort of punk rock scene. You know, Duff McKagan's a punk rock bass player. He just he's a punk punk, punk that joined a rock band. Yeah. So they had like all this punk influence and. Um, you know, and Slash had so many amazing influences from Hendrix to, you know, the Ramones to all that stuff. So they're like a punk rock thrash band that was kind of like swaggering hard rock Hollywood band also like Motley Crue. And 
And so they, they really stood out back then. Like they were like the ass kicking, like lunatics, right? Guns and Roses were like the people that were gonna, you know, do all your drugs and fuck your girlfriend <laughs> and leave your house destroyed, you know? And, and that was the, that was the band. And that's what they were back then in the eighties. And like, I love, love that era of GNR. This is why we didn't answer. Yeah. Ron. Yeah. Cause we don't have to. And there's a great documentary. Your favorite line at the very end where you go, but I don't really know much about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've watched the slash documentary. There was one. I, th- I can't remember if it's on Netflix or like Amazon, but there's one, it's just called slash and it's just about mm. him. And it's great. It's really good. Cause like a lot of people don't realize where he came from. He grew up in Hollywood. His parents were in the music industry so he grew up around musicians his whole life and he was in the music industry and so you know slash grew up like around that that's no surprise that he became a rock star so that's awesome all right and he used to write bmx flashes into bmx i just like when when uh, somebody asks a question that i want the answer to because then i just get to enjoy the answer there's footage of slash on a bmx bike too there's footage of him. oh yeah there is There's, there's old tour footage where he's on a BMX bike ripping around the parking lot of the tour bus, like having fun on somebody's BMX. You know what? I thought I remembered awesome. that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing that. And then, then I was like, no, I just remember Ron telling me that once before yeah. some time ago. <laughs> and it's like, this is where I get and my in the, BMX knowledge. In the documentary, <laughs> yeah. And in the, in the documentary, he talks about like just riding his bike around Hollywood with his friends. Like they lived on their bikes, you know. That's cool. That pretty cool. That's awesome. All right, got one last one because that's all we have time for. It could be a huge one, but I'm sure we can uh, figure out how to make this work time accordingly. Dave says, okay, guys, um, here goes for each of you individually. What was the best thing, funniest, and worst thing that happened to each of you in 2022? Great podcast, guys. Thanks. And uh, this question is meant for you for next year in 2023. So he he sent that a couple days ago. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Hmm. These are hard. Yeah. Right. Like, see, best thing is difficult, and I hate this yeah. because it, it, my answer is is going to sound like a cop-out, but it's actually real. The best thing that happened to me, I shouldn't say that happened in 2022, but that I really realized was um, the, the realization of – things that are happening in the moment now. Like I'm very, very aware of great moments that are tiny that people miss every single day. Like just silly things that I'm like, I will remember this in 10 years, this moment right here. And I think people miss that stuff because when they're thinking of best things, like for example, you know, an easy answer for someone in my shoes would be like, oh, I bought a new house or got my mom's house or those things are like, seem like the ones, but it's not. It's like, you know, I have those, I've had many, many of those moments, especially with mutant this year where like I walk out of a situation and I'm like, that was awesome. Yeah. That little dinner right there was awesome or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So, so that's my best thing is just noticing that stuff now because it happens all the time. And I spent 40 years missing all of it. Hmm. Yeah. So that's the best. What do you guys got for that portion? I I actually really get that answer, Dusty, because 
I can't imagine like when you say what's the best moment. Well, you know, I had a lot of great moments, like like hanging out with you in Dubai. Mm-hmm. It was like fucking so fun. Or seeing Dino in England this year, going to the guitar store yeah. with him that one day and like like that was fucking awesome. Like just super amazing stuff that I got to do or going to Toronto with Braden to compete at his first nationals and like yeah. getting that feeling like, cause I felt like I did a show, right? Like, you know, oh, yeah. got the Airbnb, put the tan on, you know, getting up and looking at him all through the night. Like it was, you know, back to business. It was like, you know, exactly what I love about bodybuilding, you know, going to a show with one guy, yeah. you know, kicking some ass, you know, that sort of thing. So like, that was awesome. But then we had the five year anniversary at the gym. Hmm. and all the appreciation that goes with that and then we had you know going to dallas with uh my business partner uh ditto there i helped him for a dallas show it was awesome you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like going down to the dallas pro and there's just too many things going to jamie's gym earlier this year hanging out in vegas with the mutant team like there's just too many things and 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 i'm grateful for all of those things and they all just like stand out to me like dozens and dozens of things when i think of like the best moment i can't imagine picking one of them like oh yeah you, there's so many great little things and 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 also too like when i say when i say like hanging out with dino in england it's not the being in england part it was like me and dino hanging out at a guitar store for three hours and playing the drums and for playing sure bases around like that's the best stuff yeah. Like for sure. You know, I agree. That's the best stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> My answer is so. exactly like exactly the same as, as yours, both of yours that like, I mean, I did have one really big one and that is that Victoria and I got married. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like, you get, you get the day. little, you get to punctuate. You get past. You get to <laughs> but it was you more than one. that though. You know, it <laughs> was more than that though. You know, like that was a really cool thing, but just all of it, you know, just like there are so many cool things. And you know what? I I, I had put that episode out about dopamine and, uh-huh. and this ties in so much that dopamine is that when we're, we're thinking about the future and thinking about trying to achieve something. And I mentioned you in the conversation, Dusty. I said, I know this guy who was, he's a very successful bodybuilder and he had this terrible accident and he almost died. And in, in now when he talks about training, his, his perspective is that he just loves being able to do it and being able to get in the gym makes him happy. And, and, and what it is, is that when you can focus on the here and now, and you can appreciate the moment, you're no longer accessing those dopamine things that make you want to try to get more and get more. You're accessing serotonin and a bunch of other brain chemicals that create happiness and contentment mm-hmm. just for being in the moment. And that's what I think you're getting now that the brain shift right. you've had, you're getting that out of the gym or, you know, I got to get that not only at the wedding, but like hanging out at the Olympia and getting to meet all the listeners and seeing you guys interact with everybody. Or, I mean, I got, I got like, I got the opportunity to go to England this year and meet a guy I've podcasted with for like five years, but never met in my life, you know, and hang right. out with him. Yeah. who I consider one of my best friends and, just so many cool things that I've I, I've gotten to do this year that make me feel like it was a really cool year overall. So I can't pick one either. But if I did, I think what people should do in case she's listening, you, if you do like me. Yeah. If you guys, if you guys do like me, and you take a lot of, we take pictures of a lot of stuff, like you know, just at at Dubai and doing stuff. Um, so when everyone was doing like their year in review, 
I went back and I started to do that. And I didn't do it because there was too much. Like I literally yeah. couldn't do a post, but it also made me realize like, holy, f like we saw like five shows this year. We did three vacations, like the amount of things bought houses, bought more, like the, the things that happened. I was like, how is that all in a year? Yeah. And I think that, you know, my, my advice to anyone listening now is, is if you can, instead of having that, that big thing for your year this year, if you can make sure, for example, uh, I remember realizing when Ron and I were at the Arnold and Jamie came up, I was like, this is one of us. Like, mm. this is this is one of us. And he's been here for an hour and that we meet people all the time and cool people, but they're not mutants. They're not going to be with us. You know what I mean? And I remember that moment. I was like, this guy is one of us. And now you spend time with him and now his wife. And I'm like. Oh no, these people are with us now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like a lot of that stuff gets missed by people when they're thinking about, I bought a new house this year. I'm like, I'm glad I bought a house. Don't get me wrong, but I'm pretty sure the relationships that I built this year are worth more than the house I bought. And that's right. something that a lot of people miss when they're living in their apartment. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's I, like, yeah. That stuff's all there for you I, too, you know? I also like to. Like, you know, there's certain ways that you think of yourself and you have to be in somewhat in control of how you think of yourself, you know, like, you know, some people have a negative outlook on themselves or whatever sure. they look at themselves, they blame themselves for stuff. But I mean, I've, you know, I've watched enough and read enough, you know, between the people I follow and, you know, the old, the old, you know, uh, the odd video of Jordan Peterson telling me to clean my room comes through my feed. And, um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and you just get all these influences that sort of make you think a certain way. And um, one of the, the things I like to think of is, is um, what version of me is the version of me that's leaving 2022? How is it better than the version that came into 2022? Like, you know, mm -hmm. don't think necessarily about, you know, what you have or what you did or, you know, is the version of you better? You know, like, do you have new skills? Do you have new ways of looking at things? Like, do you view things, you know, or are you better at handling stress? Are you better at being appreciative? Are you like all those things? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And for sure. so you know, one of the things about, about this past year is I'm like, actually, like, I'm pretty happy. I think the version that's starting this year is better than the other version of me you know mm -hmm. i mean there's some yeah. obvious stuff like i'm a better guitar player like i'm a much better guitar player now than i was four months ago like since i really delved back in like i've really picked up like a bunch of stuff i'm i don't know if i'm as good as i used to be in some ways i might be better but it's coming mm -hmm. you know i'm a i'm better on my bike you know there's a trick they're kind of like I think two tricks this year that i didn't have last year so i learned a couple new tricks yeah. you know so and and then and then you know also dealing with business stress and taking the emotion out of decisions that's been something that i worked on this year whenever a business decision comes up like hmm. what are we going to do with this piece of equipment right the old me might have been emotionally attached to that piece mm. but the new me is like eh. We can get rid of it, see what people think, bring another piece in, see if they like it. Like, just because I like that piece doesn't mean it stays because no one else might use it. Like, there might be a better right. spot. So, like, that's just an example of yeah. trying to be emotionally more intelligent with, like, business decisions mm. and all that sort of stuff and just being aware, you know, also relationship stuff, you know, like, you know, when being more cognizant of, of when maybe when Emily's having a hard day 
and being more able to pick up on that she's having a hard day so you can be more of a contributor to like turning it around you know what i mean just all that Mm -hmm. all those little things and those are these are little things that i've like throughout the year i tried to work on you know i don't know if that's fucking nonsense to some people but i i like to think that way you know when coming out of your year because that's like you know if someone strips away all your money or you lose this or you lose that you still have your tools like what are you like you know what makes you up it's how you you know your decision making your skills you know everything so it's try to improve the version of you this year so that next year you're, you know, elevated and you improve again and then you improve again, you know, like a, like a, I would say like a character in a video game, you know, you're building up your armor and your tolerance to bullshit and your ability to drive in rush hour and your patience for idiots. And, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, improve your scores on all those things. I haven't figured out the rush hour part yet. Um, yeah, yeah. Just I still suck at that very much. This My answer is just don't leave the house between 3 and 6 o'clock. You either get yeah, to where you're going Michigan, or you fuck. wait. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I agree with you on that. Okay. Where are we? Is that it? Is That's that an it. episode? That's oh, it. I got doggy nice. problems. Uh-oh. Ron just got derailed. Lost my headphone. It happens. I got squirmy dog issues. <laughs> there we go. See the last right. thing. I got this thing on my lap. Aw. Uh, the whole time. Amazing. Yeah. Fucking 150 degrees melting yeah. my lap. <laughs> You're better. Okay. I didn't hear a word that you guys said. Are we done? Is that an episode? Did we We're wrapping? good. Yes. That's it. We're, We're done. Wrapping. Yes. So that was one of those episodes where I don't remember it. I don't know what we talked about. It's all right. That means it was good. Yeah. I think we're fine. Yeah. We do that sometimes. Okay. It's funny because sometimes we do that and then that's the episode people message about. Oh, man, I really appreciated that thing that you guys talked about. I'm like, I don't remember that episode at all. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, and ring the bell. Comment with questions for the next show. We need questions for the next show. Comment with questions for the next show. YouTube questions get preferential treatment. We didn't even do question blocks on Instagram this week because we knew we had a lot of YouTubes. So Scott's on the case, but ask one again. You'll get asked next week. Thanks, everybody. Remember, IamMutant.com. Use your code BigRon20 or Dusty20. And remember the Think Big Bodybuilding Patreon to help keep all the Think Big Network channels growing and flowing and all that stuff. Yeah. Thanks, thank you everybody. everybody. Thank you to everybody who's helping to support the show. You guys are doing a great job, and I really appreciate it. And everybody with the comments, too. And we're almost at 21,000. We will probably be there by the time this show comes out, Ron. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we definitely appreciate you guys. Your, all your support this this past year has been crazy. And uh, keep coming up to us and bugging us and telling us you, you watch a show, you know. It's always it. good. I had a, another, I had a, a younger kid that I hadn't met yet. He stopped me in the gym the other day and I could tell he wanted to talk to me. So I took my headphone out and he's like, I watched the podcast. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> nice. okay. Hey, you know, so I like that. Make sure you come up and say something. Okay, everybody. Happy new year. Let's get better at something, whether it's putting effort into your diet or being a, t- a tolerable person to be around. Right, Dusty? <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> okay. Okay. Remember, everybody, it's just bodybuilding.